All right, let's uh, give the God, uh, give the God, give the Lord a little bit of our attention this morning. Actually, let's give Him all of our attention this morning, not just a little bit of it. We'll be in Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23. In verse 13, we'll read verses 13 through 25, and Lord willing, we will probably skip on over and read verses 39 through 43. So, all right there in Luke 23, though, so you won't have to turn far. If you... Luke 23, starting in verse 13. We'll read a few verses there. I like to see a lot of Bibles open. That's good. That's good. Always read your Bible if you can. If you don't have a Bible and need one, make sure that you, you tell me. I'll get you one. Whether you use it on your phone or your tablet or you've got a, a book that you open, God's words are just as good. It doesn't matter what page they're on or what screen they're on. It's the words that have power, not the page or the screen that they are written on. And so I encourage you to read God's Word when you can. Uh, try, to, try to stay in the Word because that is what we live by and what we go by. And God's Word will never steer us wrong. Alright, let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for everybody that's here. I thank you for, for your word. Everybody's got it open. Everybody's looking at it. Everybody's reading it. And I pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will take these words that we are reading today, that we are hearing today, and I pray, God, that you will work in our lives. I pray that you would just help me to preach and teach. I pray that you would help me to, to say the words that you want me to say, dear Lord, not to ramble on, but that everything that comes out of my mouth will bring glory to you, will point to Jesus Christ. I pray, God, that you would help us not to be distracted. I pray that we'd give you our full attention. And I pray that you just hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach. Clear our hearts, clear our minds of the things of the world, and let them be open and ready to accept and hear your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, in these verses, uh, they occur right before Jesus' <coughs> crucifixion uh, takes place. Now, uh, Jesus has done nothing but good to the people throughout his whole ministry. Uh, but with that being said, many of the Jews didn't like Jesus. They were always looking for a way to trap him or to trick him or to try to get him tripped up. Ultimately, they could not find anything because Jesus had done nothing for them to, to, to convict him of. So they made some things up. They said some things. They got a little out of control. And they brought Jesus before Pilate and said, Look, uh, you, need to, you need to have this man put to death. For all the things that he has done, he is such an evil, horrible man, uh, the, some of the people would say. Well, Pilate took a look at Jesus and determined that well, Jesus hadn't really done anything deserving of death, but uh, there were many people of Jesus' day that disagreed. It didn't matter what Jesus had done or hadn't done, they were determined that they wanted Jesus to die. And that's what we are uh, going to be looking at uh, in these verses today. So you have a little context of what's going on. Luke 23, verse 13. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people and said to them, You have brought me this man as one who subverts the people. But in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with those things you accuse him of. Neither has Herod, because he sent him back to us. Clearly he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore I will have him whipped and then release him. For according to the festival, he had to release someone to them. 
Now, it was the custom of, of the people of that day that at this, uh, at this time of this festival that's being mentioned, that someone could be released to the people. And so they would be presented with some people who uh, would be imprisoned or perhaps being put to death, and the people could choose one who they wanted to have released. So Pilate said, look, uh, we'll, just, we'll just whip Jesus. I'll give him a whipping just to satisfy you, even though he hasn't done anything, and we'll just let him go because that would be the thing to do for an innocent man. Uh, but the people did not want to do that. The people did not want Jesus to be let go. They did not want Jesus just to be whipped. They wanted Jesus to suffer and die. Verse 18. And then they all cried out together, Take this man away. Release Barabbas to us. He had been thrown into prison for a rebellion that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify Him! A third time He said to them, Why? What, why? what has this man done wrong? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty, therefore I will have him whipped and then release him. But they kept up the pressure, demanding with loud voices that He be crucified, and their voices won out. Pilate decided to grant their demand and release the one they were asking for who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder. But he handed Jesus over to their will. Now think about this scene for just a moment. Think about what really uh, took place here. Here was Pilate who, at least in this, this case, was trying to uh, let an innocent man go here. He was trying to let Jesus go. He was trying to convince the people uh, that Jesus had done nothing that was deserving of death. And here was Jesus, and he was up against uh, Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a man who was a troublemaker, and he was a murderer. And the people had to choose between these two men. They had to choose which one that they were going to release and which one that they were going to put to death. And think about this decision that they were making. Think about what they had seen Jesus do. They had seen Him raise people from the dead. They had seen Him heal people who had been sick their entire lives. They had seen Him make the lame walk. They had seen Him make the blind see. They had seen Him feed thousands of people with just a little bit of bread and a few fish. They had seen Jesus have compassion over all those who would come to Him. Now, uh, the Scriptures are full of story after story after story of things that Jesus did for the people. We have the New Testament account in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that give us many details about Jesus' life, but there are no telling how many things that Jesus did that are not written about. We only have a small portion of what Jesus did. And of all the things we know of Jesus, all we know of Jesus is that He loved people. That He cared for people. No matter how tired He may have been, no matter how many people uh, were coming to them, those who were coming to Him in faith, those who were genuinely seeking Him, Jesus had compassion on them. Think of the countless stories that we don't have in Scripture. The countless healings that Jesus did. Jesus had done nothing but good the whole time that He was on this earth. 
There was nothing that they could accuse Jesus of. And even Pilate realized that. He wasn't a Jew. He didn't know their customs. He probably didn't know about the Messiah. He didn't know any of that. But even he realized that Jesus was an innocent man. And the people should have realized that Jesus was the Son of God. But instead, they were determined that they were going to destroy Him. And they were going to crucify Him because they didn't like what He had to say. They didn't like how He called them out for the way that they were living. In their minds, they were, they were perfect, so to speak. They were righteous and they thought they were well. But Jesus was trying to help them understand the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Sometimes we may not want to accept the truth. But Jesus came preaching the truth. He came preaching God's Word. He came trying to help them understand God's Word, what we call the Old Testament, to make sure that they were really trusting in the Lord, that they were really living for Him, and they weren't uh, sidetracked on other things that were going to lead them apart from God. And because Jesus came with love, and because Jesus came preaching the truth, they decided that they wanted to crucify Him. So here you have Jesus, who is perfect in every way, who had never sinned. You can't uh, bring anything against him because he's never so much as sinned, not even a little bit. Even the best person on this earth has sinned in some way. Even the best person in this room has sinned in some way. But here was Jesus, the Son of God, who had never sinned in any way. He had never told a lie. He had never stolen. He had never looked lustfully after a woman. He had never uh, did anything like that. There was nothing they could uh, accuse him of. So here was Jesus who was a perfect son of God. The perfect son of God. And they had to choose between Jesus and Barabbas. Now we don't know much about Barabbas. But what we do know is he was a troublemaker. He caused a rebellion. He probably gathered up other people and led them to cause trouble. And not only that, but he was a murderer. How bad can you get that you get to a point where you don't have any care for human life, any value of human life, that you willingly take someone else's life? And these are the choices that the people of Jesus' day, many of the Jews, had to make. Are we going to let the perfect Son of God go who's only shown love and compassion? Or are we going to let the murderer go? Are we going to choose perfection and forgiveness and love? Or are we going to choose sin and murder and hatred and violence? And that was the choice that the people had to make. But sadly, the people of Jesus' day didn't choose Jesus. Now they made the choice that in God's will, in God's plan, had to be made. Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to die for the forgiveness of our sins. And Jesus didn't say much here as He was brought before these people. He didn't say a whole lot to Pilate. Instead, He was there following the will of the Father to the point that He was crucified on a cross. And we say, well, how could they... How could the people of Jesus' day, how could they do that? How could they reject Jesus and choose Barabbas? Well, the question I would ask you this morning is how can you do that? How can I do that? You say, well, we weren't there. We don't do that. But the reality is, is that we do do that. We may have not been there with Jesus in the flesh, 
But we too have the same choice to make as the people of Jesus' day. We can choose the perfect Son of God, or we can choose sin. And each and every one of us have that choice to make. And we may look at the people of this story and we may say, boy, those were horrible people. How could they be so deceived? How could they be so blind? How could they do that? But the real question maybe we should ask is, how can we do that? How can we continually give in to sin? How can we reject God's Word and live in sinfulness? How can we have hardness of heart and and hatred, and anger, and bitterness, and envy, and strife. How can we choose these things of the world over Jesus Christ? Now, there are many people in this world that have chosen things of the world and rejected Jesus Christ, just as the people of this story that we read today did. And sadly, there are many who are Christians who have accepted Jesus Christ and they trust Him as their Lord and Savior. But perhaps they have not been giving Jesus all of their devotion that they should. Perhaps they have allowed sin to come in and set up camp. Perhaps some of us are in that boat where we have kind of put Jesus on the back burner. We begin to choose things of the world. We begin to choose sinfulness over our Savior, Jesus Christ. And the question is, why? Why do we do that? Well, the reason is, is because the enemy makes things look so good. He tries to justify us in our anger and our bad attitudes, our, our, our ill intent, all the things that we do. He makes us feel justified and right in acting the way we act and doing the things we do and saying the things we say and watching the things we watch. He makes us feel like it's okay. And when we give in to those things, we are deceived. We are blinded. We are choosing sin over a perfect Savior. We are choosing something in sin that's going to leave us feeling ashamed. It's going to leave us feeling dirty. It's going to leave us in a dark place. It's going to make us feel burdened. It's going to make us feel worthless. Some of you may be feeling that today. That's what sin does to us. It's not just us, it's everyone in the world. And so Satan desires for us to focus more on sin than on the Savior. Because when we choose the Savior over the sin, then just the opposite is true. All of our burdens are taken away. We see the light, we see the truth, we see the way in Jesus Christ. We don't feel the shame because Jesus has forgiven us of our sins. He doesn't put any burden on us. He takes the burden from us. He gives us freedom and love and joy and grace and mercy so that we're not angry at people or hate people, but we love people and care for people. And we look at their needs as more important than ours. And that's really the choice that we all have to make. Are we going to choose our sinfulness that's going to ultimately lead to our separation from God for all of eternity? Are we going to you to choose the Savior? Are we going to choose Jesus Christ who went through all of this, who took the beatings, who, who took the mocking, who took all of these people who hated Him with all of their heart for no reason 
He took it all so that He could die on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven. And that's a choice that each and every one of us has to make. If you flip a little further over in your Bible or look a little further down in Luke chapter 23, verse 39, we see a couple of people on the cross, a couple of other criminals who were suffering the same fate as Jesus Christ did here. They were being punished for the crimes that they committed. Albeit Jesus didn't commit any crimes, but uh, what about these criminals on the cross? What was their attitude toward Jesus? Well, let's see. Luke 23, verse 39. Then one of the criminals hanging there began to yell insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him. Don't you even fear God, since you are undergoing the same punishment? We are punished justly, because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Now we have two good examples of different people here on the cross, these two criminals. One of them was calling out to Jesus and he said, Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. Well, he didn't really have any desire to trust Jesus. He didn't really believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He didn't really care one way or the other. All he cared about was getting himself saved. Save yourself. Oh, and by the way, save us too. He was calling out to Jesus, but there wasn't a genuine uh, heartfelt uh, calling out to Jesus as the Messiah. Yeah, he said, are you the Messiah? But did he really trust in and believe in Jesus Christ? Did he really believe who, was, who he said he was? Or did he just want to get out of his situation that he was in? Save yourself and save us too. There are many people in this world that have a knowledge of Jesus Christ. That are aware. They've been told. They've read the scriptures. They know that Jesus is the Messiah. But they don't really trust in Him. They don't really seek Him. They don't really humble their self before Him. They don't really acknowledge in their heart that He is the Son of God, that He brings the forgiveness of sins, that He is the perfect sacrifice that God has given. They don't humble their self as a servant to Jesus Christ and said, well, just save us so we can go and do what we want to do and get back with our life. Just get us out of this situation here and now. Oh, Jesus, save us. They may utter those words with their mouth, but do they really come from the heart? Well, only God knows the heart. But I believe that sometimes perhaps we are even guilty of calling out to the Lord with no real intent to change our lifestyle or our situation. We just want to be freed from it in the here and now. We don't want to be like the first criminal who's saying, get us out of this, Lord Jesus. But instead, we want to be like the second criminal. We want to be the one who humbly and genuinely recognizes that Jesus is who He said He is. And that other criminal on the cross, he got it. You can tell by his statement, by his language, that he got it, that he understood who Jesus was. Listen to what he says. But the other answered, rebuking him, Don't you even fear God, since you are undergoing the same punishment? 
we are punished justly because we're getting back what we deserve for the things we did. But this man has done nothing wrong. He got it. He got that he was a sinner and he deserved to be punished. But he also got that Jesus was the very Son of God and he did not deserve any of this. But praise the Lord that Jesus took it. Even though that he was undeserving of it, he took it. Our hearts need to be the same as this second criminal on the cross here. We need to realize we are sinful people. We are deserving of all punishment. We are deserving of any punishment that God would want to put on us. But praise the Lord that God does not want to punish us. He desires to give us grace. He desires to give us forgiveness. Not because we deserve it. We deserve the same punishment as the criminal. But God doesn't give us what we deserve. Instead, He gives us love. He gives us grace. And we see that in Jesus Christ on the cross. The criminal goes on to say, Then he said to Jesus, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. On the cross, not long before he would have died, this, prison, or this uh, criminal got it. He understood. He called out to Jesus. He didn't say the words, oh, please forgive me, please come into my heart. But in his heart, he had acknowledged, he had accepted, he had come to accept who Jesus was. And he said, Lord Jesus, come remember me when you get into your kingdom. Remember me. He got it. He understood who Jesus was. And what did Jesus respond to him? And he said to him, I assure you today you will be with me in paradise. Those who call out to the Lord and seek the Lord with all of their heart, Jesus hears them. Jesus gives them rest. Jesus gives them uh, eternal freedom from sin, from pain, from heartache, from suffering just as He did this prisoner. And we have a choice to make, each and every one of us. We have the same choice to make as the people of Jesus' day that brought Jesus before Pilate. Are we going to choose the perfect Son of God? Or are we going to choose our sinfulness? Are we going to be like the criminal that, that, that calls on Jesus just to save us and get us out of our mess that we are in? Are we going to be the one who humbly acknowledges and recognizes what Jesus did for us on a cross? That He didn't have to suffer for us, but He chose to do it anyway because He loved us. Are we going to be the criminal that calls to Jesus just when we want to? Or are we going to be the one that says, I want to humbly serve you because you love me. I want to follow your example and love other people. I want to accept what you're doing. I want to accept who you are as the Son of God. And when we do that, Jesus Christ hears those prayers from our heart. He hears those words of our mouth. And He will be our Lord and Savior. I'm going to ask, Murray, if you don't mind, would you get your guitar out and play a song? This is a little different than what we usually do. But I want to, I want to give everybody a chance. I don't know 
what anybody's situation is. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you are already a Christian. You just got some stuff in your life you need to give to the Lord. I'm going to just ask whenever Mr. Murray gets ready, just play us a song of invitation. And we're going to have a prayer this morning. Every head head bowed, every eye closed, as Murray plays for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And uh, just pray. If God puts something on your heart right now as as the music plays, uh, maybe you need to ask for forgiveness. Perhaps you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Maybe today you've realized for the first time that you have been choosing sin over the Savior. I want to tell you there's a better way. With every head bowed, every eye closed, as Murray plays, if you want to make a decision for Jesus today, I encourage you to come up front. If you've realized in your heart and you know that Jesus is the Son of God and you've accepted Him as your Lord and Savior today and you've acknowledged Him for the first time and you've asked Him in your heart for forgiveness of your sins, I want you to come forward. I want you to stand up. I want you to come up here and I want you to announce to the world that you have decided to follow Jesus. I want you to follow through with baptism. I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. If you've never put your faith and trust in Him, today is the day. As Murray plays, let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your beautiful words and we thank you more so for your Son, Jesus Christ. God, the sins that we face are so tempting. Everything looks so good to us, dear Lord. The devil makes it look good. He he blinds us. He, He deceives us. But God, I pray that if there is one in this room that has never accepted Jesus Christ, that you would remove the blinders, that they would not be deceived in this room today. God, I pray that through your words today that they have seen a Savior that loves them, that they have seen your perfect Son who has given everything for them, who did not fight back, but God who willingly gave His life as a sacrifice. God, I pray that if there are some in here that are struggling with sin, maybe they're already yours and they've they've turned away, they've started doing things they shouldn't do and they know it's not right, God, I pray that you would convict us in that way if if we're doing that we would seek you, that we would come to you for forgiveness, that we would repent of our sinfulness, God. I thank you for the freedom that we have to come here. I thank you for your words today, God, and I pray that you would be with us as we leave this place. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.